Well, hi, Karen Murphy. Hi, Danielle. <laughs> it's so nice to sit with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and being willing to be recorded. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I love visiting with our Canfield communities, and I love talking to people about what the foundation does, and so I'm very happy that you invited me. So thank yeah, you. this is great. So I'm... I'm imagining that the people who primarily are going to listen to this podcast are people within the Sultane community. And um, so let's just imagine our audience sitting in their cars Mm -hmm. on the way (laughs) from Glenmore to Phoenixville or vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And really, I just wanted to get a sense from you um, what the Camp Hill Foundation is doing and maybe a little bit about yourself because I suspect that You've got an interesting story <laughs> that I'd like to learn some more about. Um, and I think it would be cool for, you know, the people at Sultane to really have a, a good grasp on what's happening at the Camp Hill Foundation and Great. what you guys are doing. So. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So we can start there if you like with the, with the work of the foundation. That sounds great. So the, um, the formal mission of the foundation is to grow strengthen and safeguard the CAMPA movement in North America. And we do this through a number of programs. The, the biggest program that we run is our grant program. Um, all the Camp Hills throughout North America, and even some Camp Hills that are in more financially challenged parts around the world, um, send in grant requests. Mm-hmm. Everything from our roof is caving in, or we need a new nurse, or... Um, we want to hire a development person to help us learn how to do fundraising, or we want to send some staff to get special training in elder care. Um, we want to publish a new newsletter. We want to redo our website. We want to do coworker recruitment. All of these types of projects that are happening in our communities around North America can be um, used to apply for a grant from the foundation. Wow, that sounds like amazing work that's happening just in in the first you know minute of you talking. Like, it's really exciting. We actually things happening in the movement. It's there's so much that's happening that's exciting, and every yeah. community is unique. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things I enjoy about visiting, is that I get to see the the individual flavor of each community. Just as each of us as human beings are unique and personal, each community also has their own identity, and so that's a lot of fun for me. And out of those communities come needs. And um, we just had our first meeting of our grant review committee for this fiscal year. And we were so inspired by the projects that were presented for us to consider. Yeah. 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 And I wish I had a money tree in the backyard at Camp Hill Foundation so that we could yeah, fund everything. Yeah, that's the hard part. You've got to <laughs> prioritize and choose. That part sounds stinky. Yeah. And we <laughs> want to choose everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. You are new to this role mm-hmm. as executive director. Yes. That's correct. Um, so you've been around since? Since July 1st. July 1st. I'm in, I'm in as we hit December. I'll be heading into my sixth month. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And where did you come from? What were you doing before you ended up here in the foundation? Well, I've had kind of a varied career history. I, um, out of my undergrad, I was a fundraiser. For about 10 or 12 years. Sounds relevant. Sounds relevant. (laughs) Yes, very important. Uh, Mostly in New York City, working for lots of great nonprofits. I was a consultant. Mm. Um, I've done direct service work 
including a couple of years of volunteer service with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps out in Montana. Missoula, Montana. Ooh. Go Grizzlies. <laughs> um, football is very big out there, college football. <laughs> and I've worked with the um, intellectually, developmentally disabled population um, through an organization called Arc of Putnam, uh, where I was managing group homes for four years, um, which was a really, really great and inspiring and led me eventually to go back to school and get a master's degree in Christian spirituality. So my background is kind of all over the place, um, all, but I think it all comes together in this position. Um, after grad school, I worked for the Fellowship of Reconciliation right in Rockland County, where the foundation office is. In New York. In New York, mm-hmm. as their director of operations. And so I have this background of fundraising and administrative and kind of leadership core team um, operational functions, and then I also have the direct service firsthand, face to face, working with vulnerable populations. And to me, this position allows me to bring all of that together. And so I spend a lot of time in the office doing administrative stuff and mm-hmm. fundraising and um, producing newsletters with my amazing team. And then I get to come and visit the communities and spend time with. Villagers, students, friends, coworkers, and actually be part of the community. Yeah, that's so it's a awesome. great combination. Yeah. So I'm I'm just personally really curious how you're drawing on your like you have a graduate degree in spiritual yeah studies. yeah in theology and Christian spirituality yeah yeah so in this current role that I think is probably very much you know fundraising and administration yeah. how are you drawing on that and. Um, like in your daily functions. Yeah. For me, it's um, my educational background is beautifully complementary to the mission of Camp Hill, which is to really see and proclaim the beautiful dignity of every human being. Mm-hmm. And as a practicing uh, person who practices in the tr- Christian tradition, um, that's what I strive to do. So it's a way for me to live out my personal values doing work that's good for the world, that serves other people, that um, lifts other people. There's, there's so much going on in our world today. Um, I think most of us try and limit the amount of time we spend either watching cable news or reading the newspaper because it's painful to see how much is happening that is um, dehumanizing in our world. Separates us. And separates us and I and says you're different, therefore you're less. Or you're different, therefore um, you're unworthy. Um, and Camp Hill says your difference is what makes you beautiful and your difference is what brings grace to our community. And, yeah. so, and my difference is value. Yes. And I can connect yes. to you from my place yes. of difference. Right. And instead of engaging out of fear because of what's unique and different, we engage instead out of curiosity and out of wonder and out of this this trust that I think all the communities I visited carry this trust that everybody contributes, um, something that makes all of us better together. So it feels like a really good match for my personal studies and my um, scholarship and in the work that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. This I love this conversation and it feels 
like I've been spending a lot of time thinking about what actually is Camp Hill mm. and I feel like this is also a time spirit and something that Camp Hill has been kicking around for years as well um, but to me like that is Camp Hill yeah this um, it's moments of connection it's mm-hmm. just sometimes even momentary um, making eye contact with somebody or um, I was at um, Kimberton Hills a couple of days ago I was dropping some mail off since I'm in town I figure I'll be the Pony Express <laughs> and I popped into the Weavery um, to say hello to a couple of folks and the next thing I knew there were three people lined up behind me waiting for a hug Mm. and knew me by name and I knew them by name and it's because I have visited a number of times and wow. um, wanted to show me what they were making and ask me how my Thanksgiving was and I was asking them how their Thanksgiving was and it's um, to me that's what makes us human those moments of connection and it doesn't have to be long in-depth conversations it was two minutes and a hug and, uh, and being able to share pride in the work that we do Um, Yeah, and being, and being, you know, there's something very powerful when a person who has vulnerabilities trusts you um, when they say, hey, come look at my work, or, you know, I fell down and, you know, look at this bruise I have, or, um, you know, I'm angry at my housemate or whatever. When somebody who has a, a vulnerable part of them, whether it's an intellectual vulnerability or an emotional vulnerability, or what, we all, and we all have this. Mm-hmm. When they come to you and they trust you and invite you in, that is a precious gift. And I hope that in those moments, I remember to take every opportunity to just be present and enjoy the gift that's being offered. I think that's, that is my experience, no matter where I have traveled, of what Camp Hill is um, in those interactions one-on-one whether it's with me or whether I'm observing other groups of people um, it's, it's you matter I'm gonna listen you're in my life we're in relationship and that's really special and yeah. and it's special and it is I think um, at this moment in human history essential that we have organizations communities like Camp Hill putting that energy out into the world mm. because we have to counteract all the other energies that tell us we're different and separate and isolated from one another. Mm-mm, that's and so Campbell is like, uh-uh, I don't think so. We're all doing this together. Yeah, yeah. And it it is um, for me. I feel so fortunate and blessed and lucky and whatever you know description yeah. you want to use that you know, with everything that's happening in the world, to be surrounded by such beautiful people who mm. really, truly, genuinely have, have it's not only hope, have hope that there is something that can be done to make the world a little bit better, but feel the sense of duty. Like, I'm here because this is the work that needs to be done right. in the world. Um, and, and duty, but I think duty um, also, I hope, born from a place that recognizes that's a gift to be given. It's not just my duty to serve the world in this way, but this is the gift that I bring to the world that only I can bring in the unique way that I bring it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess duty has a <laughs> has a lot of baggage associated with it. It could. It could. Um, 
Yeah, and I like to think that, and one of the, th- I mean, this is, when we think about coworkers, coworkers give freely. They make their commitments freely. Um, they dedicate for however long they're in a community, um, you know, with full liberty in their hearts. This is what I'm called to do. And mm-hmm. so um, I think there is a, there's something really special there about that sense of um, knowing I'm bringing something that the world needs and that I can be useful um, just as the people who are supported are told, you bring something really important for the world and what you bring is useful. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I feel a little bit nervous to say this out loud, so this might end up So we might cut. edit it? <laughs> but I, I just, like, this, this topic of vulnerability is so... Mm. Present and meaningful and scary, mm-hmm. and thinking about being with people that have, um, you know, their vulnerability is more exposed. You know, yeah. I think there's something really special that can happen. Um, like my vulnerability, I can put behind a brick wall and and can hide it away and and not share it, right? Because this is my soft underbelly place right. and I don't want to be hurt. Right. So to hide that away, but then to spend time with people who, you know, whatever, Can't. here's my vulnerability. Right. I'm wearing it right out there along with you. Right. It it really helps to be in community where the vulnerability is also kind of shared. Mm. It's more it, when your vulnerability is more accessible, like love is more accessible. Yeah. There's, I think, um, boy, there's a lot of truth in what you just said about, you know, I know for me too, I know what some of my vulnerabilities are, and I, I am good at wrapping them up mm-hmm. and uh, moving forward. And I think for me it's always a good reminder when I'm with someone who can't do that mm-hmm. for me to be brave and trust. You know, if my message to the world is, you were created exactly the way you are by a being, a God that's intentional, then that message applies to me too. So like, okay, whatever my vulnerabilities are, whether it's anxiety or whether it's a physical disability that's not so outwardly visible or whatever it might be, that um, when I spend time with people who can't so easily Uh, veil put the veil over their vulnerabilities it's a reminder for me that okay I believe that everybody is created in magnificent beauty and that our differences are gifts that means for me too so let me let me be brave maybe this is an invitation for me to be a little bit brave and to trust that somebody else can hold my vulnerability the way I'm entrusted to hold someone else's yeah and it's really cool to think about being brave the way we traditionally well you know the way hollywood helps us think about bravery (laughs) right or you know the military propaganda helps us think about bravery right right but bravery really being like here's my vulnerability risking my heart yeah risking that somebody will make fun of me Mm -hmm. risking that people will think less of me yeah um And in the moment where I have that insight, reminding myself that so many of the people we support experience that every day. And um, for me to be in greater solidarity Mm -hmm. 
I need to do a better job of being a little more brave and a little more brave and a little more brave. Yeah. yeah. And the, I think there's something about the beginning of life and the end of life where the layers that you can put over your vulnerability are so much thinner mm-hmm. or non-existent yet. And how when you go through life, you just like build the brick walls and put the veils on. Yeah. And by by actively trying to undo that and spending time with people who don't have that yeah. or aren't able to do that, spending time with children or the elderly, yeah. um, it's really helpful in... Like being aware of what your your walls are and mm-hmm. your your veils are. There's a lot of grace there. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to the foundation. Back to the foundation. <laughs> That's okay. Listen, I'm a theologian by training, so I love going down <laughs> these roads. That's um, so. Funny. I will always go down the road of inner interior work and spirituality yes but yes back to the foundation yes how practically how do we use this and what does this what does this speak and think and heart doing in the world yeah so the foundation you have your grant program Mm -hmm. yep um which is great to hear about i also know and have just dipped into a tiny little experience of the next generation leadership program yes did I use the right words you did and we and we I have to tell you we in the office we don't use all those syllables we just say the board fellows so um our next generation leadership program actually has two components one is we have a a board fellows program which goes for two-year period at a time and we invite every community to send us emerging leaders they could be um, coworkers who've been around just a few years, or they could be long timers who are taking on new roles and responsibilities in the community. And um, we build the program and give them an opportunity to serve on our board committees and um, really experience and kind of witness what different styles of leadership look like and to experiment too for themselves with the type of leader they want to grow into and, and who they want to be. And, I'm really excited. This new group just started about, was it two weeks ago? We had the big snowstorm two weeks ago. And um, they are going to be together for a couple of years, but we've built this the first six months through a framework of nonviolent communication, which is a spiritual practice that I've studied. And we hired a magnificent trainer who just kind of got right to the heart of what does leadership mean in the context of empathy and core human needs and what's common in all of us and we're going to be looking at mediation and how to um, manage meetings and how how to with as leaders when we don't know what to do how do we just sit with that without rushing to make decisions or feel like we have to make a decision because we're the leader what does it even mean to be the leader what you know um, when we use that word there's so many different definitions so I'm really, really excited about this program. And we have 12 people this year who are participating from all of our New York Camp Hill communities and all of our Pennsylvania Camp Hill communities. And my hope is with the next go around in two years that we really find a way to be inclusive of uh, California, British Columbia, Minnesota, and um, New Orleans as well, because they are part of the Camp Hill family in North America. And we'll, 
we've been really good about having East Coast participation. So yeah. we'll figure that out. And so that's one piece of this next generation program. And then the other is that we provide travel fellowships so the coworkers can attend conferences and speak at conferences, um, both to learn mm-hmm. more. So for example, if you have a couple of coworkers running a biodynamic farm in one of our Camp Hill communities and they want to attend a conference on biodynamics, um, they can do that and the foundation will help support their travel and their conference registration. And then they come back and share what they've learned with the larger North American community so that we're sharing resources and, and helping the whole community to grow. So that's um, a wonderful program that is really doing good work, I think, for the communities. Yeah, it sounds amazing yeah. to have all of that training going back. And then I think another function of this is these people who are stepping into leadership roles or taking on more mm-hmm. responsibility are getting together on a regular basis yeah. with others who are in a similar position in yes. other communities. Yes, there's a lovely cross-pollination that's mm-hmm. already started to happen, and I yeah. see and the relationships, relationships built. yes, building yeah. between people in different communities, and I love that because, you know, each community is unique, and yet we are part of one organism mm-hmm. um, that manifests itself in in. in North America in 15 or 16 different ways. Yeah, yeah. it seems to me that the foundation has done a really great job of supporting that cross-pollination mm. and helping to facilitate conversations between the different communities mm-hmm. and you know participation in the association meetings yeah. and making that really you know, grounding that, making it f- more fruitful, yeah. things like that. I yeah, know. well, and my predecessor Shelley Burt really worked hard to build those relationships and to be um, a facilitator for convening you know conversations between communities and looking at uh, the broad scope of what we are trying to do in North America and so I hope I can continue in that vein and continue to serve that way because I I hear the impact of it and yeah. I've been told um, of the gifts of, of building those relationships and working to be in conversation together in new ways um, yeah, well, if your first six months are any indicator, I think we're in good shape. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. doing quite a bit of traveling, it yeah. seems. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. I will be, um, I've hit every place in the East Coast, including Ontario. We were just up there together yeah. for the Cana meeting. And um, Raphael Village in New Orleans is going to have a groundbreaking on their town center in January. Oh. And I'll be down there for that in early January. And so by the end of my first year, maybe a little bit later than that, I will have visited all of the North American communities. I'm going to head out to California in March and get up to BC over the summer. And, and uh, of course, we have one of our upcoming Cana meetings in Minnesota. I think that will check everybody off the list for the yeah. first year. Yes. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The other um, program that we run is the research uh, initiative. Yes. Let's and talk let's talk about that because this is really exciting. I, I think there's so much knowledge within the Camp Hill movement, um, not just about um, special needs and intellectual disability, but from an anthroposophical perspective, um, the tradition of Carl Koenig, the wisdom that came out of his work and the work of his fellow pioneers almost 80 years ago. And I think, again, we have something to offer that will be of great service to the world. So the research uh, initiative has two components, one of which is also a travel fellowship that we help support. Um, So particularly in the area of policy, 
research advocacy. If we have coworkers again traveling to different conferences, learning how to do state advocacy, as we are all all of our communities are experiencing more oversight mm-hmm. from state and federal uh, governing bodies. Yeah. How do we navigate that? It's mm-hmm. different in every single state, so people need to be educated to know how to deal with that. Um, how do we uh, how do we involve people with special needs in governing in a way that's not token representation. Yeah. How do we build authentic participation? Um, we need to be trained to do this. So sending folks out to attend these great conferences, and there's a ton of amazing opportunities out there, as well as I keep saying, our people have something to teach others, so let's get them presenting yeah. at conferences around yeah. the U.S. and in other places. So the foundation helps to support some of those activities and we also have a research symposium Mm -hmm. this past july was our fourth and the research symposium brings together speakers and presenters that are both from inside the camp hill movement and also Mm -hmm. other uh, external organizations doing work in advocacy or a particular maybe educational research area and so I'm going to use this phrase again, this Mm cross-pollination of kind of opening the door to what are some best practices that other people are doing? Is there something we can learn from that? What can we bring to that conversation? What can we contribute? And Camp Hill Academy is a big part of this. We had some wonderful presenters from Camp Hill Academy at this past summer's research symposium. And, And so we're already planning for next year the international... Communal Studies Association is having their triennial international conference in our four upstate New York Camp Hill communities. And so we're going to roll our fifth annual research symposium into that conference. And it's going to be five days of folks from not just Camp Hill, but from all sorts of different intentional communities like Larch. And um, we'll have kibbutz representation. We might have friends from the Catholic worker there, or um, I know there's a Sufi community in upstate New York, not too far from from Camp Hill Copake, that um, is a really robust community. So we're hoping to draw um, a great crowd to come and spend time together sharing what are we celebrating? What are our challenges? Mm -hmm. Are there things we could work together on? Are there ideas we can take from one another and share? And so we're really, really excited about that. And so this organization is, what's it called again? It's called the International Communal Studies Association. Uh, their current chair is a man named Dan McCannon, who oh, is a he great was at the friend. the last research symposium, right? He was, and he's a great oh. friend of Camp Hill, and he's a professor at Harvard Divinity School. And yeah. so he is coordinating that conference. And um, go to their website for more information because mm-hmm. I'm not sure of all of the scope of their work. But so this is exciting for us. This is not necessarily a disability organization. It's correct living in different intentional community. Yeah, wow. You know, really and even those words. What does that mean? Intentional. Mm-hmm. What does community mean? The government, mm-hmm. you know, through the <laughs> HCBS waiver, is trying to tell us what community means. And a lot of our campus communities have said, "Wait a minute." You don't get to define what community means. You come and visit us, and we're going to show you what community, how we've defined community. So mm-hmm. these yeah. are, you know, um, really interesting things for us to be grappling with together. Yeah. Big yeah. questions. Yeah, big questions. Big questions. 
And this is going to be in July? It'll be in July. I believe it's July 18th, but we'll, that's all going to go up on the website soon. Yeah, and the foundation is really happy to be sponsoring this and helping to make it happen. And it feels really important um, to give us a voice in the world that yeah. I think is really needed and appropriate. And also um, for us to have a chance to learn from others and receive their gifts as well. Yeah. So as, as I'm thinking about the people who may be listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. if what is some way that we could get involved or help support this work or be even thinking or reading about something that would feed into what's going to be happening in July? Like, how can we get involved? Well, I think if there are, if there's anyone out there who has a particular specialty that they think would benefit um, others being able to hear it, they should submit a proposal. Um, There's been a call for papers that has gone out. um, So they're still accepting proposals for workshops and presenters. That's one thing. Um, I would love for there to be as much Camp Hill participation as possible, so I would invite every community to think about who do we want to send, who, who wants to go, mm-hmm. um, and to start thinking about how do we negotiate that in terms of financial support for our people and travel support and housing support while they're up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we want to think about, so all of the, at the traditional research symposium, we've recorded all the, the main plenary sessions. One of the things that our, my team needs to think about is what do we want to record? How do we want to make that available? And so it could be that after the, the conference is finished, um, Sultane Association might use their fall meeting to pick one of those videos and maybe ask everybody to watch it ahead of time. And then you have a nice conversation about it in your community. Um, and it could be on any topic, depending what the community is, you know, every community grapples with its own stuff at any given time. Yeah. Um, but I think that's our hope is that these sessions that we produce uh, in each of these conferences will be valuable to the communities. And, um, you know, you could do watch 10 minutes together and then stop the video and then have a conversation or, um, but I, and I think thinking about. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> I also, I really want to invite people to be bold. So if you have uh, academy students who are part of Camp Hill Sultane, or you have staff who have a particular gift that's really kind of related to diversity and inclusion, that's the theme of next year's conference. Maybe they're a little bit shy about saying, oh, I have this great idea for a presentation. Sometimes people need a little gentle nudge that says, no, no, I think you can do this. I think you have something to say. We're going to help you. It's going to be really scholarly and well put together, and we're going to support you in taking a risk to submit a proposal for this. So I think that's the other thing. Every community has somebody with gifts in presentation, in public speaking, um, that can kind of pull together the gifts of the community and, and present those back out. So. That's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you want to give a plug for the gala? Absolutely. (laughs) We are very, very excited for our gala coming up in May. May 2nd, 2019. It's a Thursday night down in Tribeca in New York City. And 
Temple Grandin, Dr. Temple Grandin, is our guest honoree for the evening, and she'll be... It's amazing. It's so amazing, and I can't take any of the credit for that. That was all... Mm-hmm. All that invitation went out and was accepted before I was hired, so I'm happy to run with it and yeah. very, very grateful to have such an extraordinary, special person who's so wise and has made so many contributions to our world. Um, so, yes, we will... Tickets will go on sale probably towards the end of January, and... Mm-hmm. Um, we can't wait to pack the room. You know, I've told my team, I'm like, I want every seat to have a butt in it. <laughs> I don't care if we have to put up extra tables. I want to blow the roof off the place. So we're really hoping to pack the house. And that sounds amazing. Yeah, and of course, we'll have our traditional Camp Hill um, entertainment um, with one of the choirs. And we'll have a beautiful new video and great time for cocktail hour and chatting with friends and yeah, so it should be an awesome, awesome evening. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds really exciting. Great. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? I guess I would just say thank you. I mean, I know this primarily it'll be Sultane community members who are listening to this. And, but who um, knows? But it's who knows? Out there to the world. But who knows? <laughs> so I guess first I would like to say thank you to Camp Hill Sultane for um, always welcoming me so warmly and... I have a permanent guest room now over in Rock Rose, <laughs> which is great. And um, I feel really comfortable here and just love spending time down in, um, at Cafe Sultane. And I always stop here. It's a good thing there's no exhibit up on the walls downstairs. Danielle and I are sitting in community arts. Um, because every time I come, I buy a piece of art. And <laughs> it's the time of year where I have to buy Christmas presents. So, um, mm-hmm. so I'm just really grateful how warmly I've been welcomed and then Mike I would extend that gratitude to all of the communities everywhere I've gone Mm. people are eager to show me who they are and to welcome me and I actually I got an email yesterday morning Karen can you come for lunch tomorrow over at Camp Hill School and so when I leave here I'm heading over to the school to have lunch in one of the homes with the children and their supporters and um, that is so meaningful for me because I need that touchstone. That's to me what makes the work not so worky, if I yeah. can make that up as a word. Totally. Um, but makes it about us as humans together. So I've just been received everywhere with such graciousness and such hospitality. It's to me that if somebody said to me, what is Camp Hill? I would put that on the list. There's this sense of hospitality and welcoming that's kind of sacred. So mm. I'm really grateful. Wonderful. Really grateful. Yeah. Well, on behalf of Sultan, you are so welcome. Thank it's you. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to have you, and the door is always open. Thank you. And, and I will use it. <laughs> on behalf of myself, I also want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me and having this amazing conversation. I've had such a really nice time. Me too. Thanks. Let's you. do it again sometime. Let's do it again. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily recorded. <laughs> Really well, great you'll to find me you. down in the cafe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so Thanks, much. Karen. Thank you, Danielle.